Hey, everybody, it's Ryan Ripley. Wanted to get a new offering in front of you as soon as possible, evidence-based leadership. And so, as you all know, Todd Miller, myself, and Will Seeley, we're big on evidence-based management. We want to apply it to the leadership space. We all know that modern managers face complex challenges every day. You're juggling a lot of needs, your direct reports, your stakeholders, your customers, they all need constant attention. What we want to do is help you manage that. We want you to use information and data to make good decisions around all of these areas so that we're delivering the right thing at the right time for the right customer. And we know that we're doing that because we're using data and evidence to validate all the things that we're doing. And not only that, we're not just looking at value, but we're looking at our capabilities as an organization. Can we deliver on time? Can we innovate effectively? Do we have too much tech debt? Do we have too many things in process? Are we unable to deliver when the market demands that we do? We look at all of these things with evidence-based management. We merge that into a leadership uh, mindset and lens, and we enable you to make new and better decisions repeatedly based off of the data that you're collecting within your organization. It's exciting stuff. We hope you can join us. Visit agileforhumans.com forward slash EBL course. Join us in one of these offerings. We think you're going to love it. Hope you can join us. Use Agile for Humans, the number four to take another 15% off of this course. And uh, we can't wait to see you there. All right. Welcome to today's episode of Your Daily Scrum. What's up? What's up, Todd? Not much. Man, we had a long day, a long day of training today. And so we're going to... Yeah, we did. We did. We're going to dip into the well of awesome questions that all of you are leaving. And there's a theme that's been popping up on some videos that we just want to take care of. Mm-hmm. It's all around MVP. And we're not talking about most valuable player. We're talking, uh, which for all time will be Michael Jordan, but I won't, I digress. What we're talking about is minimally, minimally viable products. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I got my book, uh, The Lean Startup, just checking this out for reference. I happen to notice there's probably a cup of Southwest coffee on the front cover. Wait, is that a hard cover? Look at that. It is a hard cover. That's all, you know, nothing but the best for my books. But so the the first time I heard of the idea, and I imagine it originates from Eric Race, the book, The Lean Startup. So pardon the coffee that I spilled while reading it on air in many years. And a question we get quite a bit is, should should Scrum teams use minimally viable product? Like, should they use that concept? And Todd, I think it's important to start with a definition. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So let's just define it. So this is from Eric Rees. I'll, I'll put a link uh, in the show notes to the, the post we're pulling this from. But the minimum viable product is that version of a new product that allows a team to collect the maximum amount of validated learning about customers with the least effort. Mm-hmm. There's some words in here, Todd, that I... Can I just call like two words out real quick? I, I bet you I could guess your words, but I'm going to hear it first. Validated yes. learning. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Validated learning. And Reese, he even heads off what he knows pe- how they're going to abuse this concept. Some caveats mm-hmm. right off the bat. MVP, despite the name, is not about creating minimal products. Yep. All right. So this is straight. Which is from, what everybody yeah. does with this term. <laughs> you know what it reminds me of, Todd? It reminds me of back in the 90s and early 2000s when everyone put beta on, on their uh, products yeah. as a license to deliver crud. And yeah. it just 
I feel like the same thing has happened with MVP. Oh, no big, it's MVP. It doesn't have to be high quality. Yeah. Nonsense. Nonsense. Or like you'd go to, remember you'd go to like uh, Yahoo and you'd see like new feature coming soon, right? Yeah. <laughs> like you'd right, right. on the landing page with the, like the spinning lights. Yep. Yeah. You know, I mean, so let's, let's, let's watch let's be this. Honest. Yeah. This, this is a product management technique that a product owner could try. Right. Sure. And, and I, I like you called out the, 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 the validated learning, right? So you might get some early adopters. You got a place to do some idea testing here. But make no qualms about it. This is a product management technique that a product owner can use. Um, but what really what really happens is that second sentence that you put up there. This is what this is everything that I see in the field, and I hear companies go, "Yeah, but we're making an MVP. We don't need to do unit testing. Yeah, but we're making an MVP. We don't need to have a pretty UI. But yeah, but we're making an MVP. Who cares if there's bugs? Yeah, but we're making an MVP. Like we're only going to make an MVP for two years before we ship." The product right like i hear it but we're making an mvp but like it should be like making an mvp and we're trying to learn something right did i just i just went off didn't i no i think it, i think it's good it's if you're going to use this technique so if you're a product owner out there and there's something you want to yeah. learn about a possible aspect of a product or if you want to validate something this is a great tool but this is not an excuse to put garbage out quickly the things that we release that are that are considered an MVP are of high quality. They meet our definition of done, right? We're not putting undone work into the world. Like all the rules still apply, right? But we have something we're trying to learn and we're investing in that learning because we're going to validate at the end whether or not a hypothesis is true or false. Todd, the way I see this is, you know, all throughout my career as an executive, I kept on having teams put $10 million projects in front of me or $5 million or $2 million. The money it was big enough numbers to where I would say, wait a minute, where's the $100,000 experiment? Where's the $50,000 experiment that is a basis of what we're building that validates that this is exactly what we should do. Mm -hmm. And if you can show me that, then we'll decide to invest further. Yeah. I, you know, this is reminding me too, Ryan, I, maybe we can, maybe let's, let's turn this whole thing around. Everybody listening here, right? Minimum viable product. What a great conversation to have about the way that you fund projects right now. Yeah. Right. Uh, instead of funding the product that you think is going to take two years to build and it has an unvalidated hypothesis because you can't validate a hypothesis until people have it and are using it until your customers receive it. Correct. Try to find, like Ryan just said, try to find that hundred thousand dollar experiment, right? Try to find, try to find that. And that hundred thousand dollar experiment could very well be a minimum viable product, right? You're looking for early adopters. You're testing your idea. You're doing validated learning. Um, this isn't to say, uh, uh, as Ryan said before, this MVP thing, unfortunately has turned into an excuse to ship junk. Well, and look at how Eric Rees defines this. It's not a minimal product. It's minimal risk to learn something. Minimal risk to learn something. That's what this MVP concept is. It's not putting crud out into the world. It's what's the least amount of work we can do that's of high quality, that's valuable, that teaches us something that we didn't know before to help us make a better decision the next sprint. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a beautiful thing. That's a great thing for a product owner to try. And we want to know how you do, right? So, yeah. all of you out there, next time you use an MVP, what's your experience been? How's that work? How is that working for you? Leave us a comment. Let us know your thoughts and uh, maybe it will become a new video going yeah. forward. 
Yeah, thanks for all these uh, ideas. Thanks for all the chatter. We dig it. We read it. We're on top of it. Sometimes we're just thumbs upping and doing the little uh, heart thingy on it. But we appreciate um, we appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Be sure to check out the socials. It's all at Agile for Humans on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Like and subscribe so you know when we drop new episodes of Fixing Your Agile Metrics, Fixing Your Agile Coaching, Fixing Your Kanban, Fixing Your Scrum, Craft Brood Agile, Agile for Humans, Your Daily Scrum. Who knows? We might even have some other shows coming up in the future, um, but you'll never know for sure unless you like and subscribe. Check out the videos that the that the algorithm has selected for you. We think you'll like it. So does the AI robot running YouTube and uh, <laughs> leave us some comments. Let us know what problems are you having? How can we help? And uh, you know, for Todd Miller, I'm Ryan Ripley. It's Monday. We hope you had a good one. We'll see you Tuesday. See ya. Hey, it's Ryan. If you're enjoying this show and want to take a deeper dive into scrum with me and Todd, check out agileforhumans.com forward slash training. Be sure to also look at the show notes to subscribe to our newsletter, get a copy of our book, Fixing Your Scrum, and learn more about working with us at Agile for Humans. Thanks for listening and scrum on.